Would you like to start the show with a fun stat? Yes, I would. A yeah. fun oh, stat. What's your stat, Adam? Okay, listen. Uh, I don't know. Uh... Jesse, can you turn down my headphones? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just a little it's noisy. Since January 9th, the Leafs are an 876 okay. save percentage, which ranks last in the NHL. Did you say 870? 876. Yeah. I thought that. That's the Leafs, not oh. just their goalies, the whole team. That's do, awful. Do you want to know how sick and deranged I am? I, t- tell me. Uh, the season where the uh, tandem was... It's one of Toscala's seasons with the Leafs. That's he, all you need to say. He had you an, don't need to tell us which season. It doesn't he, matter. He had an 876. Oh! <laughs> so, <gasps> si- so since one... So which day? January 9th. So since January 9th, the Leafs have had Vesa Toscala in net, no matter who's been in net. Boy, it's been a... The fact that they've been able to win as much as they have and maintain their positioning is is amazing. Like they're still within striking distance of Tampa, still within striking distance of the Florida Panthers. That is shocking. Man, it's I I found it I found the reaction to the Canucks game odd. Uh because like people were acting like it needed to be one thing or the other. Like, ah, oh, the defense is bad. Oh, the goaltending is bad. And I'm like, guys, guys, what if they're both bad? They're both bad. They're right both now. really bad. Yeah, I think, I, I think, and, and maybe this is me being too optimistic, but I think if anything's going to figure itself out, it's the goaltending, because uh, goaltenders go through bad slumps. Yeah. Um, the defense, though, I I would say to me is that that's I, I think Kyle Dubas na- nailed it last week when he was in front of cameras. He said we're going to be looking for defensemen. We're going to be yeah. looking up up that if we can. There's things they can do to help out Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic. Fewer deflections in front. They have a yes. wild amount of deflections. Um, so that's battling in front of the blue paint. That's battling uh, in the slot. Fewer deflections. And also fewer clean looks less than 10 feet from the goalie. Like, it's yeah. amazing how many times they forget anyone's there or don't realize someone's there. And, you know, I know they're trying out a lot of new pairings and Sandine was on his offside, so maybe that was a little confusing. But for the rest of them, I'm like, I know you're playing with someone who you haven't played with regularly, but like, I don't know. Right D has been right D your entire life. Mm-hmm. And left D has been like, <laughs> there's someone they're going to attack the net. Like it's it, there. There have been moments very often in the last few weeks where you see the Leafs opponent go, Oh, just go to the net. Mm-hmm. And then they do. Mm-hmm. And well, the Leafs outchance them. And yeah, well, the other team doesn't need as many chances as the Leafs because the the Leafs' one fatal flaw is so easy to take advantage of, right? That it's uh, it very often gives them an easy win. I thought it was really interesting that J.T. Miller was the first guy to score, considering he's oh, been yeah. semi-linked to the Leafs. Rat bastard! Yeah, boy, he'd be a great rat bastard in a Leaf jersey, though, wouldn't he? he? Sure would. Um, the other thing was, I thought it was great. The po- some of the positives to take from the Canucks games, and listen, I and there I, were lots. There were lots. That was a fun game. The Tavares goal, great. Yeah. Good for, we feel good, good about JT. that. Who would have thought that the established amazing scorer who sometimes goes through slumps would get out of the slump? Yeah, I think Islanders fans have been like, hey, you guys, you know, this is how John, this is what happens. Yeah, like that's that's slightly ridiculous that Islanders fans had to tell Leaf fans to calm down. <laughs> that is really good. It's a good point. Like, Calm uh, down, they said, wielding a burning axe. <laughs> 
guys are out of your mind. I think per per capita, Islanders fans have to be the most passionate. Right? Oh, yeah. Per capita. Yes. Like, Lee fans are just, like, we're a big flipping group, which is why we're so annoying, because yeah. we're everywhere. Yeah. Like a bad, bad rash. But Islanders fans, you step on that, you step on their toe, man, they'll start swinging. It's crazy. You want yeah. some JT numbers? Hit me. <clears throat> so this is from a Twitter user, at KF underscore Kadri 43. That yeah. is a big name. With a lot of names. the New York Islanders, 669 games played. That's a nice number. Yeah. Uh, 621 points. That is 092 points per game. Mm-hmm. With the Leafs, 254 games played. 097 points per game. So he's gone up mm-hmm. this season. 53 games, 50 points. 094 points per game. Nothing has changed with his points production. He just had a little slump in the middle where he regressed to his mean, I guess. He's literally fine. We're like, he's just perfectly fine. And they he's put playing exactly where he should be playing. And they put Nick Robertson on a line that scores and he scored. I yeah. like that part. <laughs> that was okay. So let's talk about Nick Robertson's play a little bit because obviously they're trying to see what this guy can do, right? Of course. And what do you think he can do? Score. He can is score. he is he driving play though, or is he a finisher? Because it can be both. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's a finisher. Okay, he's a finisher, and and maybe they need that. Yeah, I don't think he can be expected to drive play at this point in his career. I'm also not terribly convinced that's what he does. But like, I mean, look at uh, one of the most fascinating players in the NHL is Patrick Laine. If you look at almost uh, every number he has to offer, he's trash. No one has a more lethal shot. Like it's it's top five in the entire league. He's got the kiss of death. It could be top five ever. That shot, like it's crazy, dude. He's so dumb good, and yes, he's streaky. He uh, cannot defend, and if you look, he doesn't drive play at all. Mm-hmm. But man, the dude, the dude finishes. Yeah, and I'm not calling Nick Robertson Patrick Line here. No, but um, you I don't know, think anybody in their right mind would think that. Don't worry. No, but on a line with Tavares and Nylander, he doesn't have to drive play. Just finish, baby. I right. wondered, and this is a, I, I don't actually know the answer to this. Um, in terms of players that are just like pure finishers, not sure that they drive play. Is Alex DeBrincat a play driver, or is he pa- being passed to by Pat? Like you saw the goal last night with him and Patrick Kane, right? Uh, like I know he can score mm-hmm. obviously to bring Kat can score and he would score without Kane I think when you play on a line with Patrick Kane just like if you play on a line with Connor McDavid or Mitch Marner or whatever great passers you're going to score more is Alex to bring Kat the kind of guy that's going to drive play for you I'm, I'm going to throw it out and say who cares exactly <laughs> right so so if you have Robertson with uh, Tavares and Nylander okay there was no situation they don't, he where, doesn't need to drive. No, there was no situation where playing him five and a half minutes a night on the fourth line made any sense. So were they just doing it to kind of warm him back up, get him acclimatized? It, it could have been that. It could have been that. Uh, I don't know. And well, and like when Kasha gets back in the lineup, are they just going to boot him again? Like if if he's going to be on this team, it needs to be with a purpose. Yes, I think they would agree with that too. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I think there's the forward group is so deep. I don't this isn't the point where I think like they need to be tinkering with the forward group. I think when Cash comes back, that's probably Cash's spot. Unless Nick Robertson plays like so above his capabilities. But right now we have Kerfoot on the fourth line. Yeah, so that's that's weird. that's a waste. That's a waste the same way Nick Robertson on the fourth line. Although I do like not, there's, two min, wrong. there's 14 forwards and there aren't enough spots for that. I and, do like Kerfoot and Spezza though. Yeah, but on the, going head to head with someone else's fourth line. <laughs> I think in the playoffs, that looks really cool. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing. In the playoffs, uh, someone like Kerfoot or even McKayev going on the fourth line is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're going to want something like that. So if Robertson works there, all of a sudden, you could theoretically have a third line of McKayev, Kampf, Kasha, what a pain in the ass, or Kerfoot, Kampf, Kasha, mm-hmm. what a pain in the ass, and a scoring threat. Um, it's It's awesome. It's awesome. But... It all gets ruined by the fatal flaw. Yeah, if if the forward group has just it's so good, it doesn't matter if the defense sucks. Yeah, and like, Campbell can't play goal. I hate to break it to you, you're not going to play Detroit in the first round. Like, <laughs> I, I I hate to break it to you. You can't outscore your problems versus Tampa. No, no, it's kind of difficult. Those two saves Vasilevsky made last night were so insane, dumb. so dumb. Yeah, how is he? Like what material is and, he made of? And you know, I know people give Vasilevsky shit for those big pads that he wears, and mm-hmm. and rightly so. Like you, you remember him? What was the picture of him like face to face with Price? With Carey Price. Yeah, yeah, and he's huge. Now the, he's a big man yes. on top of that. But also, if you see the way he stretched across the crease on that save, yeah, it's like there's no pad that's going to help you with that. He's, I mean, yeah, he's got a maybe he's got a big glove because he's probably got a big hand because he's a big man. Prime Jonathan Quick, except calm and big. Like just, oh, yeah. just ridiculous. And oh, also, yeah. so his thing with the pads is supposedly he doesn't like strap them down all the way. So they like, they're huge. He looks like a rooster. Is that what he does? Just yes. has them loose? Yeah. Now that could backfire because if that pad moves too much and that puck hits you well, right I, in the ribs. I think he's he figured it what out. He's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Listen, just looking out for him. No, Adam, being his dad. <laughs> should Andre Vasilevsky do? <laughs> let me, Andre, let me tell him. you how to goaltend the goal. You're a goaltender. How should he improve? I'm going to pull up the picture here with uh, Vassy and Price. If anybody's watching on YouTube, this is the infamous photo where it's very funny. Vasilevsky yeah. is literally twice Price's size. It's not that. I mean, he's taller. It's also forced perspective. He's closer to the camera. He's also, it's coming. Sure. It's also, they're not, it's not a complete 50. Also, I, I did love the, uh, the memes that were made afterwards where they shrunk Carey Price and blew him up. Like, yeah. th- those were funny. Yes. And everybody's like, dude, $100 million. They won because they had the $100 million. I'm like, well, Montreal's spending that this year, and look where they're at. No, they won because of about, I don't know. This this one's even worse. You're talking about forced perspective. Yeah. That's <laughs> this the... is an even worse angle. Like, it's He's, bad. It's dude. also got his body turned more. No, no, I agree that it's bad, but everyone was acting like, like, none of you have seen Lord of the Rings. None of you have seen <laughs> how mean? that was filmed. <laughs> what do you the, mean? What they would put something about? very close to the camera and have something else that was very far away from the camera, and mm. you'd look at the thing that was close to the camera and go, "Oh my god, it's huge!" I. Uh, That's how it works. Earlier in my career, I got to interview Usher, and I always thought Usher was a giant because he looks tall. Yeah, he looks tall. He's he's slender. He's like he's in great shape. Six always one. had those abs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the guy's maybe five eight, five nine. Really, he's shorter than I am. Really? Yeah. I never would have guessed that. And I, when I met him, I shook his hand. I was like, because they shoot him up. Yeah. In every music video, it's shot up. Your favorite oh. artist of all time is also a liar. 
Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars. All of Bruno Mars's dancers have to be shorter than Bruno Mars because Bruno oh Mars in real God. life is like five. No, three. they haven't. They So what they so do with Bruno. No. Wouldn't you be like, those are all short? Yeah, yeah. no, but you, very it, short. you lose perspective when everybody around him but is shorter. But they're also him. further back, yeah. right? So that's also how you can, yeah. can make for that. So when you see them, they're usually <laughs> dancing in like a triangle. Yeah. Because it's the band and everybody's behind him. So it looks... He they looks, have to make this really tiny man yeah. look huge. Seacrest is also not that big. He has to, For all the American Idol shots, they put him on an Apple box. Mm-hmm. Aren't they... like? Isn't almost every prominent on-camera person short? I mean... Uh, like not, in Hollywood? Not Alvin Williams on uh, Raptors basketball. <laughs> no, yeah. NBA coverage doesn't count. Yeah, Alvin, yeah. I was watching the game last night. With Vince? Alvin, yeah. Vince and Alvin back it's together? It's a joke when Alvin Williams stands next to any regular announcer. Yeah. Oh, no? I, yeah. I love seeing him like uh He's like, like th- games. thanks, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> He's just looking down at him. It's crazy. Oh, one of my favorite things to look at when I go to a Raptors game is the ref. Mm. <laughs> so funny. Or just Kate Burness interviewing any Raptor after yeah. the game, and she's all the way down there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> shout um, out, shout out, Pyle Doshi, who I interned at uh, the fan with. She took that infamous photo uh, of her hand next to I can't remember. It's either Chris Bosh or Demar Derozan's, and oh, you got it. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. so. So just to just to kind of sum up the Leafs situation at the moment, obviously. Like, my belief personally is that the goaltenders are get it back on track. Uh, kind of like Tavares, right? And, and I think Matthews, this has been so great because you're actually seeing Matthews really take a more prominent leadership role in the media, too. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? You're just there and you support them just kind of like we did with John and they'll get through this. And yeah. I thought, oh, that's a astute answer. They're not going to win every game. So, so you're not. Wow. Sorry. What did B- you say? Repeat B- that? Bit infringement? <laughs> Did I, did I steal your bit there, Jesse? steal my lie. One more time. Uh, you're not going to win every game. So you're not freaking out. Nobody's freaking out. No, I'm not freaking out about that game. But I am getting a little tired of when I do see them lose or when I do see the puck go in, it's the same reason every time. Maybe that's a good sign. There's only one way to beat them. <laughs> and there's a way to fix it. It's just one thing. Sure is. It's better to have one problem than ten. Yeah. Like, Labushkin is not going to generate offense so maybe maybe if they were going to pay a premium for somebody um it'd be someone who gives them what they need without taking away um from what they do well Mm. now if that was available in abundance i'm sure they would have pulled the trigger already but i don't know there's there's a a solution here a possible solution yeah and my my issue with the goaltending is that there's no answer besides campbell and Morazic, like you can't. Yeah. There's no goaltender out there that you'd go out and get and be like, ah, this is the solution to to the goaltending because you can't go get a starting goaltender who's going to be better than what we think Jack Campbell can be. And Flurry doesn't want to go anywhere. No, Flurry's probably the only answer, and that's not an option. Which, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chicago Blackhawks fans, I'm sorry. Objectively funny, what? so funny that they go out and they make this move. And you look at it, and you and you go, all right. Well, it's two outcomes here. Mm-hmm. One, um, he's good. The Blackhawks are bad, and they get a king's ransom for him, and they got him for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he makes them good, which is what I thought management thought. <laughs> and you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> they suck, and he's good, but they get nothing. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So. Interesting. I, all he's doing is like actively screwing up their pick. 
watch them win the lottery. Yeah, there's nothing but, Dubis can really do about Campbell. He's just got to play it out for the rest of the year and see where it goes. There's no goalie to get. I mean, there. No team is going to have everything. So do except we? Except Tampa. Except Tampa. Tampa's going to have everything. They're they're going to have everything. It's very frustrating. But most teams do not have like top five scoring, and also a goalie with a nine forty save percentage. E- Igor, pipe down. Does Rangers Twitter pipe down? Yeah, that's that's enough. enough. That's enough. They are attacking me with Shosturkin stuff. Every time he does, he breathes. I get a Rangers fan going, "See, better than Matthews." He I'm is. Like, yeah, but there's a situation where good. he's propping up their team. Like I don't. The the Rangers haven't been the best team um, on the offensive side. So and, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're ahead of where they should be because they have an all-time great season from a goalie. You know? So what we yeah, honestly that's we, what I, it's yeah. so fun when your goalie is your best player. Mm-hmm. Like it's the best. Can, yeah, you can see why I loved goalies growing up because they're what what they do what they do uh val, um holy shit. My mouth just divorced itself from my brain. Mm-hmm. I know something what, about that. Yeah. Uh, what what what? You do divorcing, um, yeah. No, they get to do a lot of cool stuff. I like goalies. Um, I want to. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes uh, you just gotta abandon ship. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, I want to uh, shout this out because this just broke this morning. Um, the Toronto Six have been sold. It, to a, Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, to a group led by Anthony Stewart, Ted Nolan, and Angela James. Uh, they'll be the first... Um, uh, BIPOC and Canadian investors in PHF history. So I wanted to say congratulations to them. That's uh, 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 former NHLer Anthony Stewart, Hall of Famer Angela James, Bernice Carnegie, and former NHL coach Ted Nolan. So that's pretty cool. Good for them. Great to see. Um, great to see what's going on there. And obviously, you know, as women women's hockey continues to grow, it's such a difference from five six years ago when this show was you know three four years old. And it was sort of like, oh, we don't talk about women's hockey because no one cares. And now you're seeing, you know, Hall of Famers and NHLers and everybody's buying in. And there's like, you know, the, the growth with that is amazing. My understanding, too, is the, uh, the Capitals PWHPA event was spectacular this weekend. Ooh. So it's just nice to see it on the rise, right? I just wanted to say a little shout out to them. Congrats to uh, all the owners there. Uh, and congrats to the P on their huge, uh, uh, their huge weekend in in Washington as well. Um, it's definitely like clear progress and clear momentum. You're seeing it, yeah. yes, yes. And you know, it's funny. You know, we were sort of seeing it before the pandemic, but then the pandemic hit, right? And I, I think we questioned it on one of the shows, and I forget if it would if there was even a guest on. But the question was like, okay, so the NHL has just lost a ton of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. But as we learned with uh, on Agent Provocateur, lost revenue doesn't mean they didn't make money. Right. It just means they made less money than the year before, right. less profits than the year before. And my question was, with the NHL doing that and the owners being cheap as they are, would there be push from the league to make a women's league happen 
would they use the pandemic as an excuse not to do it? We still don't know the answer to that question. Right. But I feel like we're going to know soon. Does that make sense? Yes. It it definitely seems to be building to a crescendo. And, and momentum is an important thing, uh, I think, here. Because uh, I, th- I think momentum can be better than progress. Uh, you can be standing still, take one step, and stop. And you've made progress. But you're standing still. Momentum... It just every day there seems to be new news, new positive news, and it's heading in that direction. It's good. It's awesome to hear. Um, and March twelfth, or uh, better known as Steve's birthday, yeah. Team USA plays Team Canada in the rivalry rematch game on in Pittsburgh. I believe it's gonna be on Sportsnet. Yes, it is. So watch it there. If Canada loses, they gotta give the medals back. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the stipulation. Is that the stipulation? They've, they've all agreed that this is the official gold medal match, and uh, whoever wins gets the actual gold medal. Wow! Yeah, and yeah. they all the gold medals during the game are going to be hanging just above the ice, and whoever mm. uh, climbs the ladder at center ice and grabs them first wins the ladder. Match. I thought, I thought, <laughs> and it's a, it's also in a steel cage. They yeah. retrofitted the uh, the rink to no. have a steel cage, a steel, steel cage, cage ladder, ladder match, match. Yeah. Yeah. for the money in the bank briefcase <laughs> this Sunday. Oh my goodness, to find out who is the new Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> Love Fink. Oh man, I was going to go with like a Mario joke there. So if you wanted to get your claim your gold, you have to hit jump and hit it with your head. But no, it didn't work no. as well. We that yours was this, way better. We need, edge. Yeah. we need Edge back on the show. We do. Yeah, what's up with him? Yeah. What's he doing Mr. lately? Mr. Adam Copeland. Just, just fighting people. He's beating the shit out of AJ Styles at WrestleMania, brother. That's what he's doing. WrestleMania is like, what, four, Soon. six weeks away? Early April? I don't know. We should do. I need someone to point at the sign. We should do a WrestleMania live stream where we with watch Edge with where we watch WrestleMania with Edge, where he wears a camera yeah. in oh. the ring <laughs> and he has to talk to us. Why? No, wrestling. no copyright infringement. It's totally fine. Yeah, let's do it's that. Fine. Yeah, let's do that. We'll, yeah. we'll you know what? You send him a text. Why don't you just call Vince McMahon and just say, Vince, it's fine. You don't need to make money off this one thing. You Vince, don't make money off everything you do. It's fine. Vince, it's fine. Yeah. Vince was on um, Pat McAfee last week. Was and he? That dude, Vince McMahon, hasn't aged. He looks like he looks like ten years ago when he's in the ring strutting. Uh, Though on, he's on, aged on, on camera, listen, at least. Listen, I think I think he still pulls it off. Vince has still got it. I think you got to give it to Vince, yeah. no matter how he got there. The process doesn't matter. No, the goal was achieved. Vince did it. He did it. There are several stories that encapsulate how truly ridiculous of a man he is. Mm-hmm. Adam, do you know about his quad injuries? Vince McMahon. So tell that story because it's a fascinating story. Yes, I do, but do it anyway. Okay, so everyone who knows wrestling knows this story like the back of their hand. They're sick of hearing it. Everyone who doesn't, buckle up. So uh, this is going to blow your mind, but, you know, the... Uh, you know, sometimes they know the outcome of a match before the no, end of it. No, no. Sometimes. I don't believe it. So it's the final <laughs> two in the Royal Rumble. Um, Edge always likes to bring this up. Uh, he was the third last person in the Royal Rumble. See, he looks good. He looks so good. He, Why yeah, are you hating? He lo- I'm not. It's, it's an energy thing. <laughs> Listen, shut up. Let me tell him the story. <laughs> so Edge has just been eliminated. So yep. now the final two are John Cena and Batista. Um, they are wrestling, wrestling. Mm-hmm. They both go over the top rope and their feet touch the mat outside at the exact same time. 
So to get eliminated from the Royal Rumble, both your feet have to touch the mat at the exact same time. So is it a tie? And here's the thing. You could not script that. Mm -hmm. It just happened too perfectly. So while Edge, who I love his perspective of the story, I heard it on TikTok or something. He's walking up the ramp. As he's walking up the ramp, upset that he got eliminated, Vince McMahon comes walking down, strutting, but like violently, strutting violently down the, down the ramp. And then he runs and gets in the ring and he goes to stand up to shout and immediately sits down on his bum. And that is because he rage walked so hard that when he got into the ring, he tore both his quads. <laughs> and, and isn't he like sitting on the ground and he continues and with he the bit? he continues to, like, because they got to figure out. He's hurt. The fit, well, they also have to figure out the ending of the match. Jesse's showing us right now. We can't show you this. No. <laughs> because we'll get sued. But Vince Mc... God damn it, there he is! And he's shredding down to the ring! There's... Yeah, Ed's telling the story. God damn it, I'm Vince McMahon! I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon! And he's stomping down... He's stomping down there, and he tore both his quads. And then continued to scream instructions from his bum. And they had to... Oh, and, like, no one acknowledged... Oh, God. Look at this. Ah, get it, get up. And then his legs say, no, you don't. <laughs> and he doesn't break. Like, he doesn't break at all. That must hurt like hell. He yeah. tore oh, both my... his quads. Yeah. You need those. <laughs> and so John Cena, bless him, is like, I won the match. Even though his boss is sitting on his ass. And Batista's like, no, 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 I won the match. Oh. And like, I think they don't show how the. What I want to see is how they removed Vince from the ring. He yeah, they must have done that. So, so by the way, can I just say this? I know that <laughs> I know that we can't show this on the actual podcast, but somebody needs to take a lift of Steve talking like Vince McMahon walk into the ring and then have Vince McMahon I'm walk. Vince McMahon. Oh, it's very funny. And then he, the, uh, the next night on Raw, uh, he started a feud with his own quads and he challenged them to hell in a cell <laughs> against his own quads. <laughs> it's just him wailing on his own legs. He won. Adam, if you think that's ridiculous, he had an actual wrestling match against God. <laughs> he did. That happened. That happened. Now, I, there's a couple of things I want to bring up. Jesse, there's something in your inbox that I sent you earlier, mm -hmm. but there's also something new in your inbox, but I want the one that I sent earlier. The, the new thing, I need you to text me back and tell me if it's <laughs> worth covering or not. Steve, you're not allowed to look at it. Oh, good thing I can't read. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, I know so you can't blind, see man. from here. I know no. you can't see from here, but I sent oh. it to Jesse mid-show because I'm not sure if it's something we should cover, but it's pretty wild. Okay. Um, Is it, it? Did this just happen? Well, first off, I want to read you a Jim Matheson tweet. Oh. Apparently, Shh. now this... Shh. Let's go. Yeah, this is throwing it back, guys. Jim Matheson, Edmonton Oilers reporter, has been, uh, well, if you ask his bio, covered the NHL for 40 years. Lucky to watch lots of Hall of Fame Oilers. He's never watched a Hall of Fame player from a single other team. Only the Oilers. Yeah, when mm. the Penguins would take the ice, he'd go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Close his early eyes. 90s, late yeah. 2000s, or late really, 2010s. You, you know, the the regulars <laughs> who covered the Oilers, you know, it took a while to get used to. Yeah. Like once you, yeah. So, so this has to do with you if you're a Jets fan, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons for the Jets' struggles, goaler Connor Hellebuck. He's one of the NHL's top half dozen goalies. I'm sorry. He called him goaler? Goalie. Excuse me. That's my bad. Oh. No, that's me. That's me. Goalie Connor Hellebuck. He's one of the NHL's top half dozen goalies and is usually rock solid, but has a pedestrian .911 save percentage. Got a losing record. Who is this? Does he actually have Connor a losing Hellebuck. record? Well, he's got a losing record because I don't think the team's very good and their coach yeah. left midway through the season, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Now, now Connor, Connor Hellebuck putting up a 9-1-1 save percentage is, I think, still pretty respectable when you consider this graph from JFresh. Hey, want to trade? Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's, Connor Hellebuck's been on a bit of a skid uh, lately, but so is the team. They haven't been good. Like, if you saw Ehlers' press conference last night, he was like, you know, this doesn't feel good. We're not enjoying this. Obviously, who does? It seemed like they could push for like the eighth playoff spot this year, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Yeah. Have a look at this. They're in there. Have a look at this graph. Jesse, have you put it up? Yeah. Screen? So, okay. Steve. Can I look? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you look here. I'm going to pull it up. It's right here. To me, if you want to look at Ooh, why oof. the Jets have not been great this season, you need only look at their three best players. This is from uh, uh, Top Down Hockey's data. It's Jay Fresh Hockey that put this graph out. Um, in terms of lowest projected forward war. Wins above replacement. Yep. yep. Mark Scheifele is the worst in the league. Kyle Connor is the fourth worst. And Blake Wheeler is the fifth worst. And Other Patrick Laine, who was a Jet, is sixth worst. Right. Other names on that list. Brady Kachuk, Patrick Kane, Patrick Laine. Jake Gensel, Leon Dreisaitl, surprising, Interesting. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, and Jonathan Drouin. And this is based on three-season weighted average. Yeah, so this isn't just this season. Oh. This is the last three. Do, well, uh, Kyle Connor, I, you know, obviously it's not like I watch every Jets game. He's the only name that surprises me. Uh, Shifley, I know, is shocking defensively. Wheeler, I know, is shocking defensively. They're terrible. They're, like... They're great on offense. Yeah, I, I don't want either player to have the puck crossing that offensive blue line. Um, against like, your team, yeah. Th there was a, a Wheeler won a game in the shootout against the Leafs, but there was another game where like he was basically single-handedly responsible for the Jets losing the game in, in overtime. The um, My favorite game is count how many strides Shifley or Wheeler make when they cross the defensive side of the red line. <laughs> They don't skate. Do they, they just do they just kind of let it go? They just float. There's, they're like a paper bag in the wind. See that what's Plastic tough about that the is they're considered the two guys in that room that are the leaders. Yeah. And we, you know, listen. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix a little stats with intangibles here. So I'm bringing both sides together. Mm -hmm. If imagine you're a, a younger player on that team, you're not a part of the leadership group, and you see Blake Wiley, or Blake Wheeler or or Mike Mark Shifley goofing it in the defensive zone. How likely are you to play a ton of defense? Yeah, man. Like they're, they, they're the leaders. If they're the ones, they're the ones that always talk about, yeah, where we have a championship attitude. We go to the gym. We do. They always talk about that. They publicly mention that. Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm willing to admit bias, you know, oh, what's better than beating the least? No, I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan. But uh, this has been a few years, man. Like a few years of. 
Three they, years. They don't do the right things. Yeah, three, apparently. They, they don't do the right things, and they really make Connor Hallibuck's job difficult. They make, you know, Brendan Dillon, who's a new acquisition, Nate Schmidt, who's a new acquisition. I looked at the moves they made in the offseason, and I thought, oh, man, the Jets are making moves. A bunch of people called them the best team in Canada, um, you know, on paper heading into the season. And who knows, like maybe uh, for the playoffs, I, I still think you bump the Jets up a little bit when it comes to playoff hockey just because well because Connor Hellebuck usually plays he's amazing he's he's unreal but also you can just get away with more and yeah and yeah. like that's not me calling them dirty but like they're just they're a high they're a high infraction team and those get called in the regular season and then when it comes to the playoffs you sweep the Oilers because even though there's nothing makes sense yeah even though they outshot right. you every game it's just you're allowed to do whatever you want to star players it's it's not a shot at the Jets. It's a shot at the way things are called. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I've heard a lot of not great things about this Jets group, and I'm uncomfortable sharing it. I well, the people are tweeting it. There yeah. are journalists tweeting it. Yeah, like th there's um. <laughs> Elliot Friedman, I thought, made a very interesting point on Thirty Two Thoughts, where the Jets have been through a lot. They've yeah. been through a lot, haven't we all? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, they've been through a lot, and I think they're like a lot of teams where things haven't gone great the last year or two, and they're wondering, should we blow it up? And then they look at everything that they've faced, and they're like, maybe all we need is time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe what we do is we go into this off season and we just chill a little bit. We take a timeout mm -hmm. and see how things go. I think... Uh, the blow up with the Jets is coming. Um, you do like, as in, like they move on from the core. Yeah. Um, I don't really think it's going to happen this trade deadline. I'd be very surprised. Okay. It could come this off season, but I think I'd put that fifty fifty at best. But if they begin the first two months next season, and they're not consistently in a playoff spot for those two months, I think you're you're looking at some sort of pre or post Christmas blow up. Wow. Yeah. For me, I just don't know who those pieces are. Shifley? Wheeler? Well, Wheeler can't go anywhere. He's 35, makes $8.25 million. So Shifley then. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about one guy. Kyle Connor's not going anywhere. I think it's That'd be in dumb. the last three years, uh, the goal scoring leaders, is it three or four years, the goal scoring leaders are uh, Austin Matthews, Oops. Kyle Connor. And then Alexander Ovechkin. Kyle Connor is he scores goals. Unreal. unbelievable unreal. Yeah. player. Yeah, he's so underrated. Um, so we're talking about Shifley or Ehlers. Ehlers if would you want be a big move. so stupid. And he's the player that right. I see Jets fans yell about the most. Like, please play him more mm -hmm. for the love of God. Like, what does he have to do? Well, and and those numbers that we saw with Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor make uh, Ehlers not being on the first line every day for the last two or three years, inexcusable. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you look at a tenacious player who can score. If they're not promoted to the top line, it's because they don't do, they don't play well away from the puck. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys in the top line objectively play terrible away from the puck. So why are you punishing this guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, e Ehlers is, I, I think he could save the Jets if they let him. But, yeah, it's, that's it's up thing. to them. That's one thing I don't like about these charts where they uh, they take the individual. They're taking a very specific 
category of a player's game, mm-hmm. like their individual defensive stats. That that's what. But hockey is a team game. You know, how does how does that relate to their offenses? Is their offensive talent so good that they're outplaying their defensive metrics? Plus, do they have wingers or other players on their team that counteract their poor defense? Because not every player is going to be good at everything. And I think that that you get a lot of this narrative where, oh, this player is bad defensively. Well, okay, they're but they're really good offensively. And not every player can be great offensively and great defensively. And Mm -hmm. that's why you build a whole team uh, with all of these skaters that counteract different guys. abilities and uh liabilities but when you're losing like when you're losing on like wins above replacement right mm-hmm. when we're talking about like that that part of it is is like you're losing more we, games than you win we talked about ovechkin uh and we talked about like when, remember when I, I i said that i think matthews right now is better than mcdavid and that's yeah, like sure. the one TikTok that we've ever had that took off and and a lot of look at this fucking idiot and when you look at the full charts like you look at the dom decision charts right you put they're not yeah. they're not that different, right? The I, two of them. I like the big expanded ones they've made. I don't think the charts are the problem. I think Twitter is a poor vessel. Yeah, well, there's because, no yeah. nuance. But my, my yeah. point in saying that is, um, you know, when we when we rewind back to like 15, 2015, when Jeremy Roenick in the playoffs is like, you know, uh, uh, Ovechkin needs to become a student of the game. Well, no, he fucking doesn't. I'm not expecting Alexander Ovechkin to come back and play the kind of defense that you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at team we're talking specifically about the jets and we're talking about the three best players on the jets and you know Ehlers isn't in there i guess maybe he should be um and the captain don't you want don't you want the captain and the second best player in shifley to 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 make it not about connor hellebuck having a mediocre season yeah do you know what i'm saying that's yeah, my yeah. point here and i get yeah. what you're saying with the yeah, my point wasn't about the jets specifically my point is about there's 18 skaters and looking at individual aspects of yeah. players doesn't account for the uh, other 17 players on the team. Well, you I know? think you're but right. In you're this right. case of the Jets, I think the Jets have a problem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, because if you have too many on yeah. that side of it, like, look, look at... It look, doesn't surprise me someone covering the Oilers is blaming the Stars. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, J- Jim Matheson uh-huh. t- took a look at the Jets and went, it's Hellebuck is the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I mean, Hellebuck clearly is not the problem, has never really been the we problem. We also, now. we didn't make enough uh, of the first part of this conversation where the dressing room might be toxic. Like might that, be, maybe. Maybe, but we've heard enough stories that well, it's not the best place. Here's the thing. Where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you could be in a shitty situation. Like, I'll be honest with you, you know, working on a show, except this show is actually really good. Like, we never really have those things. But, like, you work on an early morning show, right? When, we, when Jesse and I were working mornings and stuff like that. There would be times where myself and... Jax would get into a heated debate or TJ and Jax or it was mostly TJ and Jax mostly if, I, if I'm being honest with you because yeah. they're like brother and sister. They'd have their moments and then towards vacation time, one of the members of the show is going, okay, I'm ready to have a break from everybody because I see these people for 20 hours at 5 a.m. every single week, right? It's hard. So maybe that's what the thing with the Jets is. Maybe it's just like we need a summer off. It's been two shitty years of COVID. We lost Bufflin. We lost Myers. Maybe they're happy about that. We lost Truba. Like a lot of the def- what the core of on defensively, what made this team the Western Conference team that it that it almost went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe it's just sort of like I just need a break and I need to get out of Winnipeg and go somewhere else 
Uh, I've been tired of the same faces, and then I need to come back to Winnipeg and be like, holy shit, I'm so happy to be back. Also, like, this isn't to say Shifley and Wheeler and Connor are bad players. They're obviously not. No. Or bad people. Or they're bad people. But, I don't know. What the hell do I know? Like, uh, like for example, like the conversation we just had about Patrick Laine mm -hmm. and how he's, he's a truly ridiculous player who hurts his team in a lot of respects, but holy shit, can he finish? You got to put him with the right people. Mm -hmm. You can't have a line of three Patrick Lines. Okay. Yeah. 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 You can have him on your team. Yeah. You can't have too many of him on your team. You know what I mean? It's good to cap yourself at one Patrick Lines. <laughs> That's fair enough. That It gets a little weighted in one direction when you have three guys yeah. in there. Columbus is doing it right. They only have one guy named Patrick Lines. <laughs> They're doing it right. Um, uh, I'm trying to... I don't know what today's theme seems to be with goaltending, but I'm trying to figure out how the Montreal Canadiens beat the Oilers that badly. Like, I know Montreal's been good. It was like 5-2. And I know Montreal's been really good. I the get it. The Leafs. But, like, are you kidding me, Edmonton? It's... Like, do they want to... They want to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. It's two teams having very different times. <laughs> it's not even about the game to me. It's the Oilers are having a bad time. I think they had a very brief break from their bad time, right? Woodcroft came in. They started to do well. Everyone was super happy. Mm -hmm. And that shine has already faded. And they're not getting any goaltending. In Montreal, a team that truly deeply at their core identifies as the fuck you will do it anyway team mm -hmm. like the the win against all odds team mm -hmm. went and got themselves a win against all odds coach and a win against all odds attitude and they play like it they play with a you know they they used to play and everyone knew they were going to lose including them <laughs> <laughs> like they were be defeated before the puck drop. Yeah. 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 Okay. And now they play and everyone thinks they're going to lose except them. And that was, was that not them all playoff long? Yeah. Yep. That was their playoff attitude. I'm looking at, I'm going to like, let's take the advanced stats out of it. Let's just go box score on this. Sure. Mm -hmm. In every major category, shots on goal, hits, face-offs, penalty minutes, power plays, giveaways, and takeaways. Edmonton or Montreal are almost even throughout this game. Mm -hmm. They came within one shot of each other. I think the biggest dis dif difference I can see is Montreal scored two on the power play and Edmonton didn't. So my question to you is, Edmonton was in a better position last year at this time, like in this time in the season, not in actual, sure. on March the 7th. That's hilarious. Sorry, Jesse, show me one of the goals. Edmonton is in a better position this, you know, going into the trade deadline last year than they were this year and they didn't spend because you can't do it every trade deadline. This year, how you must solve this problem. Mm -hmm. the, I think you cannot. This team is spectacular. It needs a goalie. It needs. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, dude, they have Stuart Skinner and Miko Koskinen who look like they would be a fine tandem based on the numbers. Mike Smith uh, has been terrible. And they're starting him. Stop it. Stop it. Like, this is. You know, it's it's funny. You you look at the Leafs and the Oilers who seem to always get compared. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, both teams seem to be taking the same attitude about their starting goaltender. Don't worry, he'll figure it out. Yep. And what, but with Oilers, it's like, don't worry, he's old. 
Well, okay. Like, and no offense to Mike Smith, who was a spectacular goaltender, part of the Olympic team, dragged the Arizona Coyotes to the conference final in like 2012 or 2013. It was 10 years ago. 10 it was 2012. Years. Yeah. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And look at, I just want to, I just want to show you this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, basic stat, not an advanced stat. Nashville is now two points ahead on, of Edmonton for the last wild card spot in the NHL for the Western Conference. They have a game in hand as well. They've played 55, Edmonton's played 56. You know what the big difference between Nashville and Edmonton is? You see Soros? The goals for 174 for Nashville, 184 for Edmonton. The goals against, 155 goals against for Nashville, 180 for ew, Edmonton. Ew. They have a four differential. A plus four. That's it. Ugh. That's rough. Ugh. Yeah, it's, that's... Uh, it's not good, man. That's yuck. It is. It's yuck. Uh, this is too <laughs> much effort for a bit. I was, gonna, I was trying to look back at the uh, 2012 playoffs and go through all the best goalies and be like, here, do you want them as well? You know, Listen, they were really good in the 2012 playoffs. You got to go get them. <laughs> that's bad. Uh, that's really, really bad. Be Peck, what? Be Peck Arena. Uh, because they went to the second round, didn't they? In that, in that, with that was what the year where that were 2012 playoffs, man. I don't know. I remember what that year because that Nashville signed uh, the brothers, the Russian brothers, and then they had to like Kostitsins, the Kostitsins, and then had to like suspend them in the playoffs or something because they went that year. I think it was that year. That was uh, Radulov and uh, Andre and Sergei Kostitsin. Oh man, I was wondering, like, was Craig Anderson great? Maybe some things haven't changed. Is that no Hamburg? 2012 playoffs? Top goalies: Hamburg, Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. Henrik Lundqvist, Braden Holtby, Mike Smith, Pekarina. So three of them are retired. Well, those are your top goalies there. One is Braden Holtby. Like Braden Holtby's the best of the bunch, on account of there's only two still playing, and he's the better one. I don't know, dude. It's they have Stuart Skinner, they have Miko Koskinen. I think they could be fine if they just committed to no longer committing to Mike Smith. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're who they have signed next year. They're at the point of the year where they're same where same with the lease where they're trying stuff in their lineup and they're like, "Okay, we got to make sure the Mike Smith experiment doesn't work. We need to keep starting him. We got to make sure that doesn't They work. know. But with but with they know now. and they're they're not in a position where in the Leafs where they have a playoff spot locked in. Yeah, the Leafs they're, have that luxury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Edmonton, yep. Yep. It, they're fighting for their playoff lives, and I don't think they expected uh, the division to be this good. Where they're competing with Nashville and oh, Dallas man. and um, and Vegas is in their division. Like it's it's really tough, and they might miss the playoffs if they keep trying this. And it's Kostinen's been okay. Like he hasn't been great, but he's been better than uh, Mike Smith. I think yeah. I think yeah. the Oilers can get by with okay. Mm-hmm. I know, but but come on. My point is, if you have to get by with okay with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in their absolute effing primes, yeah. do you guys think that's okay? Do you think that's acceptable? Go out and get somebody. Well, like I'm go thinking, make it happen. I'm thinking about this like st- step outside of the context. Yeah. Okay. Is this a, a team worth buying on? You know what I mean? Is this a team worth spending futures? Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change Connor the question. McDavid. I have an issue with that question. Okay. Is are Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle worth buying on? Well, that's the that's yeah. the, that's the question. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Are Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle worth buying on? Yes. Are the Edmonton Oilers worth buying on? No. They. So are. we have a problem. They are though. 
Well, because they have Leon. Yeah. Now, how are you taking them out of the team? I'm taking them out of it because if you just if you just look at the team, mm. you would never buy on it. Yeah. No. You, but because of the context of you have these exactly. stars and haven't done shit, you kind of have to. Yeah. Every year you have McDavid is a year you have to go for it. It's enough. I agree. But yeah. they haven't. The team has not so, showed you so that here's, it's, it's okay. worth spending So here's on. the here's the meeting I'm looking forward to. Okay. Here's the meeting I'm really looking forward to. The meeting is the postseason get together, like not postseason, not playoff. I'm talking post the actual season. All right. It's July. Yeah. And and you're having the the player GM meeting, and you're Ken Holland and Connor and Leon separately walk into your office, and then you have to explain to them why, again, you did nothing at the trade deadline. That's going to be, I would love for that to be recorded. Somebody get Amazon in on that one. If at the Oilers end of season press conference, Ken Holland brings up Detroit. I will ice myself. I will. will I will take a Smirnoff ice, hand behind the head, and I will drink the whole thing. You know, right what? there on the show. Can we? We we got to find some way to donate money to charity too. Sure. Does Smirnoff have a charity? Well, maybe we can find a, a Ukrainian version of it. Uh, but <laughs> maybe that's where we put the money towards. Sure. Um, I I the point I'm trying to make here is is that like so like the what you guys are saying is. The Oilers are are a bad cake. They're they're bad, but there's one piece that's super delicious, and that's Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, right? I think you got to try to improve the cake. That's what I was saying at all. You got to try to make that cake better. I don't, I don't better know. icing. Let's I can't go. Bake, so I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe you should bake more. <laughs> By the way, if you want to look they, up something goofy, look up goals for and goals against in the NHL right now, right. just to give you some numbers. Okay, the Oilers are at 184 and 180, right? Florida Panthers 227 to 163. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs, 202 to 163. That's still pretty good. Pretty damn good. The goofiest to me is the Colorado Avalanche, of course. They're real. They're a problem. One, uh, sorry, 222 to 159. I Like that is an insane, insane difference. The Colorado Avalanche do not have a weakness. Except for the Arizona Coyotes. For some reason, they cannot beat them. <laughs> yeah. It's, and yeah. I get that feel. Yep. The Leafs have an 0-1 record against them yep. thus far. Uh-huh. But, um, man, barring an injury, that team looks uh, motivated on a whole new level. I don't think they'll be denied. Mm. Like, Nathan McKinnon's playing with bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Like, for his own. Yeah. It was, it was, oh, my you know, God. And I'm looking at the standings now. You know what's disappointing most about this, guys? What's that? There's only one playoff race. I was told with a hard salary cap, there would be parity. Yeah. And the entire Eastern Conference is decided right now. The closest team to Washington, which is number two in the wild card spot. Can you guess who it is? Alan Walsh. Not Alan Walsh. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> the closest team to the Washington Capitals. Who could catch Washington? Are they the, they're the second wild card team? Uh, and by the way, Jesse, do you know this answer? Do you I have, do. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. So I'm going to ask just Steve. I think it's Detroit. Although they've fallen off. You're, you're, Detroit's the next team. Uh, is it Columbus? It's Columbus. Ah! How many points separate Washington and Columbus? 15. 10. Oh, still, still almost insurmountable based on the NHL's stupid point system. The likelihood. Now, yeah. in the West, I'll give it to you. Edmonton, Anaheim, Cal- or Edmonton, Anaheim, Vancouver, all within striking distance of Nashville. Nashville's got 66, Edmonton 64, Anaheim 63, Vancouver 62. 
I'll give it to you. Two spots for five teams. You know, I'm putting Dallas, Nashville, Edmonton, Anaheim, Vancouver. Those five teams, two of those make the playoffs. Because I'm I'm locking in Vegas because they're not gonna miss the playoffs. I think LA is gonna hold fort and at least uh get into a wild card or maybe even one of the top Pacific Pacific spots. But I think those five teams got to make up the last two wild cards, which will be so much fun down the stretch. That will be a fun race. I just wish it was on both sides. I was told there would be parody. Like I was told. I've been told so many times on Twitter that there's parody in the NHL. I don't know what to do with myself. To, to continue the conversation, the Jets are three points up on the Sharks. Who aren't they? Yeah, the Sharks. They're Eric like, Carlson didn't show up there to be to rebuild. So yeah, but they're also actively like pulling the shoot. They are. The season. Right? They <laughs> like, are right. They're gonna. Are they gonna trade Hurdle? Like he's up. Get an insane return for him. You could. You could. I. Oh boy. I don't know what you do if you're the shark. Because it's interesting. Eric Carlson is coming back this week, which is the opposite of. Oh, he's gonna come shoot. back. Uh, according to Yahoo. Oh, nice. He's, How will the Knights uh, acquire him this time? Wow. So. We only have two IR spots in our fantasy, so Mike Stevens dropped him. Oh, <gasps> did you claim him? He dropped Carlson. You bet your ass no, I claimed you him. did. You bet your ass. Mike dropped Carlson. I've had a tough season, and it's it's one of my proudest proudest moments. Hmm. Speaking of which, tread tread that water lightly. He's not the best fantasy player. He's not. No, because you gotta. Yeah, neither am I. To be a great fantasy player, you gotta put up the extracurricular stats. You gotta be. You gotta have blocks. You gotta have hits. You gotta have uh, pims. Right. You gotta have, uh, the, and especially so, if you're a defenseman, you gotta because you're not gonna put up the points unless you're a top defenseman. We, so you gotta do the extra stuff. We do have blocks. You we hits? do have hits. Yeah. Uh, you pims. Pims dock you. Uh, do you have plus minus? No. Oh, you don't have plus minus. No. Oh, okay. Uh, what categories do you have? Let me let me see. Okay, Here, we don't sorry, need to go no. through your categories. No, but, yeah, we do. Um, the plus plus minus. You guys should add plus minus for next year because it rewards uh, teams who have players on good teams. Okay, so think goals, about adding that goals, assists, uh, penalty minutes. You get docked. Yeah. Power play points, shorthanded points, shots on goal, and hits. So no blocks actually. You don't have you don't have GWGs. You don't have shorthanded. Do you say shorthanded? I thought we had GWGs, so maybe it's just not displayed. Um, and for goal goalies, wins are, I think, five points. Goals against, you get docked. Saves, you get points. And shutouts, you get an extra, like, five or ten or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. You guys play different. Well, we have, we I like, didn't come up with it, man. We have, like, 14 categories in our league. Mm. That's too much. Um, no, it makes it, it, makes it better. <laughs> too much. You really get into the who can build a complete roster. Because you, then you need. What is, what is the stink that you're putting on? I don't. I don't, I, like, I don't like how you play fantasy. I don't like how it's you not, uh, talk about my fantasy. Because you can, <laughs> in those instances, you could just load up on offensive players, and that's not that's not building a hockey team. I beat Ian Tulloch this past what, week. What about the charts? What if about the charts that say you need defensive metrics as well? You don't have those. Those don't account for your fantasy. Ian team. would what? be the guy to push for that. By yeah, he'd yeah. be like, "What about the?" <laughs> and that's why his team Kasha them checks. Is below Steve's book club. Is it? <laughs> Steve's book club, killing it. Yeah, Ian loves Andre Kosh. Has loved him forever. Yeah, shout out to our our top team, uh, Brady. He's from Winnipeg. His team is called No Airport, No Problem. Does the NHL <laughs> does the NHL still do their their like free bracket challenge? Can we do that again this year? Sure. That was fun. I miss those days. I assume they do. Oh, man. Holy shit. Did you see they came up with their logo today? Oh, the, yeah. the NHL has a logo? For the playoffs. 
So they haven't updated to for context. The NHL hasn't updated their Stanley Cup logo in like a decade. They've been using the same. Uh, I think tw- 2013. They've been using the same logo, and all they do is change the year on it. Mm-hmm. But this year, they decided we are going to update our Stanley Cup logo. What did you guys think of it? I haven't seen it. Can you uh, can you put it up on the screen? Right. First time in 13 years, more than a decade, actually. This is the new. Stanley Cup logo for the NHL. So if anybody wants to describe it, please. So instead of the the cup with the thing in front of it, it's the cup on top on a banner, like something you would hang from the top of the arena with Stanley Mm -hmm. Cup playoffs underneath it. It's it's a nice logo. It's fine. But if you told me um, I could only get oxygen into my lungs if I cared about this, (laughs) I'd be dead within two minutes. It's a very non-story, but they made a big deal about changing their logo. They got to have something. It's been a rough year for them PR-wise, so this is something. They have a bunch of reasons. You know how every jersey... Let's hear it. What are the reasons? The stripes on this are for this. Yeah, Um, honestly, again, that's like shooting an arrow and pointing uh, a bullseye around it. It's like, we here's what the artistic design was. Now let's make up a bunch of shit about it afterwards. So what does it say? Um, So I'll read it out here. The Stanley Cup, the rendering of Lord Stanley Cup naturally serves as the focal point of the identity system, a celebration of hockey's most enduring and cherished trophy. Uh, The banner behind the Stanley Cup. Rafters, banners are a symbol of team and individual excellence. The raising of Stanley Cup championship banner represents the pinnacle of NHL team achievement. Uh, then they talk about the, uh, the font choices. Uh, two bespoke typefaces have been created. A nod to both the beauty and history of this iconic trophy, as well as the birthplace of the NHL. What are the... Okay. Uh, Windsor Sands. Inspired by the facade of the Windsor Hotel in Montreal, oh Quebec, where the NHL was founded on November 26, 1917. Victoria Sarek, inspired by the hand-engraved letter forms that decorate the bowl and collar of the Stanley Cup. Oh. The shield, that's the NHL logo, the shield serves as the unifying symbol of the league's 32 member clubs. That is their reasoning behind the new playoff logo. We're that was all, a waste of time. We're everybody. all worse people for having listened to that. That was an, a oh. giant, giant waste. Of time. We have less time to live than we did two minutes ago. <laughs> That's true. Technically true. Ooh. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's cool that it means all that to somebody. No. To it, like eight guys. Here's the thing. It means that to no one. Yeah. No one cares. Not a one. You know, our team lost in the first round, but the logo's cool. <laughs> At least we got to wear that on our jersey. Is that the one they wear? On the, that's the patch they wear on their shoulder, right? Don't they wear like a... I assume the, the top piece, the not the NHL, like that little thing. I think that'll be the new yeah jersey logo. Yeah. Do you remember the NHL 2000 logo? When it was like 2000, and they had NHL in the zeros? Yes. That was the best one that yeah. they ever came up with. Here's the thing. No, I don't. <laughs> I remember well, because of the video game. Yeah, because I had the game and Chris <laughs> yeah. Pronger was on the front. And he had the NHL 2000 thing on his mm-hmm. logo. Wait, was it red? No, it was black and white. <laughs> then I don't know. Okay. No, you don't, don't, don't hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to I remember up. everything. I remembered a season specific Vesitoskala stat earlier this show. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Or the 2000 NHL? No. Yeah. No? No. And you know why I don't oh. me- remember? Look at it. It sucks. 
I liked it. Fart. Wow. Fart. That's so mean. Tomato. So mean. Like that's the pronger jersey Adam was talking about. Fart. Does, by the way, that's sick. That's sick. Like, I, by the way, those are the best Blues jerseys in history. Yeah, Fight it, me. Is it sick or is it a patch on an already good jersey? That jersey is the best. That's it, the best Blues jersey there ever yeah, it's was. Cool. It is. Tomato. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, I'm Steve, and I'm gonna hear, I'm here to fart on your ideas. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I I woke up this morning to that oh, news. Oh god! And it put me back to sleep. <laughs> oh, the NHL Stanley Cup. Thing. Did you yeah. get like a? Did you get like a a thing in your inbox or? No, I was just scrolling Twitter and I thought, oh, I'm ready to tackle the day. <laughs> can, can we can we move on? Because I I want to do a call out for anybody who did something over the week or today. Okay, today they can complete the trifecta. Ooh. Okay, go ahead. The Toronto trifecta of Ohio. So over the weekend, the Cleveland Monsters played the Toronto Marlies. Sunday night, the Toronto Raptors played the Cleveland Cavaliers. Monday night, the Toronto Maple Leafs played the Columbus Blue Jackets. All three Toronto teams are in Columbus. Isn't that crazy? Or in, Ohio. In, in Ohio. I wonder if anybody did the Toronto trifecta this weekend and went to all three of those games. I would love to. That'd be kind of cool, that. right? You have to prove it with your ticket, though. <laughs> I want, yeah, ticket stubs. Yeah. If Don't, you went to go see the Marlies, the Raptors, and the Leafs all in the span of like two days. But don't send us that shit if it's if it's pre-game because that barcode can be ripped off the internet and, yeah. and printed out. So please don't do that. Yeah. But do it after. I want a picture of you in the stands at yes. all three events. There you go. I want that. That's right? cool. so cool. Right? I like that. I thought, I thought it was so odd, the schedule. Oh. Like, how does that line up? Oh, thank you, Jesse. I needed something <laughs> By the way, that I found remotely interesting <laughs> to uh, get, get me back into the show. Ohio is more interesting and better than people give it credit for. Ohio gets a ton yeah. of shit online, and I like Ohio. Okay, why? <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoyed why? Ohio. My only <laughs> Drew Carey. I've been to no. I've been to <laughs> Dayton. Ohio is very nice. I hear Columbus is great. You need to go see a game there. I like it. I loved going to see baseball in Cleveland. Although at that point when I went, it was right after the the crash in downtown Cleveland was a little rough. Oh. Um, but uh, uh, well, because a lot of businesses are closed, right? Yeah. But honestly, like I I I, I think Ohio. We, we need to do an Ohio rehabilitation. It's not fair. My high school drama class in grade 11 took our school trip to Cleveland. Because I think I think the teacher had just been to every other city. Oh my that he's God. like, oh, I guess Cleveland this time. Cool. So we went, to, we went to Cleveland for a weekend and saw like two plays because it's drama. That's what you do on your drama high school clip. Did you toilet paper their house? Who? Your teacher? No. You should have. <laughs> for bringing us to Cleveland yes. for our class trip, yeah. It was... Uh, That's pretty rough. It was. I think it was a personal decision on them, and there was like, oh, I'll just take the kids to Cleveland. Because they'd already done New York. They'd done like all... They'd done Pittsburgh the last couple of years, so they they. So were they like, did Cleveland? Yeah. So, so Yo, if, straight you're, up. if you're Canadian, like Cleveland is close enough that you could drive far enough that it's an enormous pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And they chose Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I it's liked our nice, Halifax trip. <laughs> nice city. <laughs> that rules. Nice city. Where'd you guys go? Uh, Halifax. Halifax. Oh, that was awesome. a spectacular, in grade eight, spectacular time. That was so much fun. Oh, I thought you were talking about my bachelor party, and then I remembered oh, you didn't, I didn't go. go. No, I had to work. <laughs> uh, uh, you went yeah. to Halifax for grade eight? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. dude. It was amazing. We didn't have a we grade did. eight trip. We drove like an hour and a half away. You went to Halifax? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, and it was like a cheap trip to like every kid. It was like a hundred bucks or something. Um, but I remember I was in um, 
God, where is it? Wherever the Blue Nose 2 is stationed, because, you know, the Blue Nose is the Canadian racing ship that everybody talks about. It's on our dime. Uh, oh. Yeah. Have you never heard about that? It won a bunch of international competitions. The, Ludenberg. The little little guy on the on the dime. Oh, yeah. I know. I just didn't know. I thought it, I just thought it was a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, the Blue Nose is huge. I don't know. Um, so there's a Blue Nose 2, because I think the original Blue Nose. <laughs> no, like, it's not. The dime is the tidiest one. <laughs> no, the, the, the Blue Nose 2 uh, uh, is, is a recreation, because the Blue Nose 1, like, I think it sank or rotted or something like that. It was made of wood. How'd that happen to a boat? I know. A hundred years ago, man. man. That happened. Um, but we were in Lunenburg, and I remember our teachers told us, they're like, you can't, there's the, there's the Blue Nose 2 Museum. Mm. And Lunenburg looks like, it's, it's on a hill, right? It's all on a hill. And so it's like, you have to stay in the Blue Nose 2 Museum. So me and my you friends. You have to stay? What yeah, stay in the museum. The museum uh, might, be, might be four rooms. Like, it's not huge. And Dude, it was five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And so we so we simply left. <laughs> and <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and so we had water guns and we were like playing in the streets of Lunenburg. And then one of us looked, one of us had a watch and looked at it and said, we better get back because they're going to get back on the bus. And I'll never forget it because it's the close. Like they said, if you leave this, we'll send you home. <laughs> and and so I. I we walked up to the door and we're like open the door open the emergency we're trying to get them to open the emergency door like our, mm -hmm. our friends and one of the students is looking at me and he's like he's just looking like you know that guy in Austin Powers who's about to get run over by <laughs> a super yeah Michael McDonald right and uh and and then all of a sudden our teacher Mr. Whitaker walks right by like right by in the hall and you can see it's like a T yeah. right yeah. does not if he had looked to the right even slightly, we would have been, we were gone. We were home. We suspended probably too. Like big shit. A hundred percent. And, and he just, he didn't look by and all of us went, oh, <laughs> it was, it was to that point in my life, the most terrified I've ever been <laughs> for about three seconds. And you know how it takes you like half an hour to come down from that? I remember being yeah. on the bus afterwards and just sitting there and like, just shaking. Like, well, I can't believe that happened. And what's hilarious <laughs> is if he had seen you, you would Adam, <laughs> get over here. And then you would have, and then you would have gone. That would have been, been fine. And that, no, it's my parents would have given me so much trouble if I'd, if I'd wasted their money that way. Anyway, long story short, let's get into the press <laughs> conference. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. As, as long as we're talking about random Nova Scotia museums, this is one of the most random things I've ever encountered. There's, there's a museum there. I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, where you can basically find a bunch of um, immigration records, mm. and it contained the immigration. Oh, records. the Pier Twenty One, right? Pier, yeah, that's or that's it it. Pier, that's the Pier or Pier something, and it contained uh, the records for a ship that we know my Nona came over to Canada. On. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I there was a, a station within the museum where you could look up a bunch of information on Canadian history. And there was one about the Christie Pitts riots. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Christie Pitts riot, uh, Christie Pitts riots are, there was a baseball game in Toronto mm -hmm. um, where there was a team of mostly Jewish players um, and a bunch of basically anti-Semitic Nazi supporters um, came to like heckle them. And then there was a fight, and a bunch of Italians joined uh, the uh, the Jewish baseball players in the and it was a big thing in Toronto. Anyway, then they showed footage of a baseball game they play at Christie Pitts every year to come, like, basically... Commemorate this? Commemorate this. 
and playing catcher was LeafsNation.com reporter David Alter. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> I was like, what the? What nice. are you doing in this museum video? <laughs> it's very strange. And if you know David Alter, it makes a lot da- of yeah, sense. Yeah, David is one of the more interesting people I've ever met in my entire life. He just, there's stuff that he does. I'm like, I didn't even, I would never have paid you for that. Ever. Yeah. Love David. Hi, if David. I, if I ever took a trip to Mars, I would not surprise me if he was just like, hey. You're here too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was just checking it out. Jesse, first question. But he used ways to get there and it took him forever. <laughs> Can I tell you guys what happened to me Friday night uh, on our stream? Tell me. So Friday night, we're in the second round of the playoffs. We're facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a big deal. We're doing calendar Ooh. sim. We're simming via the calendar because that's where our team's going to be better. We uh, lost in uh, seven games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, again? So I, we're like 10 minutes. Because the first thing we did, because that's where we were at the end of the last stream. So I'm, I'm there. I'm like, okay, so this stream is supposed to be like an hour. And I'm sitting here, and we lost, and it's over. So uh, me and the crowd people were like, okay, let's do a speed run of a season. So I'm going to try and go through the entire season and get to next season and uh, next playoffs as fast as I can. Wow. Because the only thing that matters with the Leafs is how they do in the playoffs. It's become the same thing with our fake NHL 22 team. The only thing that matters is how we do in the playoffs. Okay. I speed run to the next, uh, next playoff. I, um, I do all my, I, we do a little drafting because we have no draft picks. We trade them all for good players. Uh, all our free agents, we didn't really have any free agents. We just had to re-sign everybody. We do that real quick. I do an entire NHL 22 season in, I got 56 minutes. So I did an entire season of 56 minutes. Wow. We're in round one of the playoffs again. It's round one of the playoffs. We finished the season. First time ever, we won the President's Trophy. Wow. On the speed run season, our Toronto Maple Leafs, we win the President's Trophy. First time I've ever done that in NHL 22. Awesome. Uh, we are up against the New York Islanders. We President Trophy, obviously, we're the one seed versus the eight seed. We are going to do a calendar sim because that is the most accurate way to get the results of the team. We sim through. We're up uh, 3-2 in the series, I believe. Oh, and no. then, uh, uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs, after winning the President's Trophy, uh, lose in the first round no! to the New York Islanders. <laughs> Wow. Yo, and I wonder if there's just a joke where they're like, not even going to do it. Boy, did I hear it. Like how he, years ago, <laughs> the guy who came up with the stats for NHL was just like, Cliff Ronning is going to be God. And he just made him extremely good in the game. It's no, Toronto chokes in the playoffs. It's, it was unbelievable. Like, I've never had um, a better season ever. And for some reason... Uh, we lost again in the first round of playoffs. So you even changed your strategy. Yeah, we changed. Uh, our, our team is unbelievable. I had to hear up on the screen who, who our uh, our forward group is right now. Um, we have two. We have a number one overall pick. I traded uh, Quinton Byfield plus two first round picks and two second round picks for the previous year's number one overall holy pick. Holy shit, Jesse! <laughs> his wow. name was uh, his name's I think Donovan Patan. He's a creative player, obviously, yeah. but he, I have another franchise player. He's playing on the first line with Matthews. Babs already hates him. Wasn't even yeah. good enough. Wow. Couldn't do it. Anyway, so I wanted to let you guys know that everything is still painful. Is this 10 seasons, no cups now? We are eight seasons. Eight, eight seasons? Eight seasons in five consecutive years. Oh. We've either been the best team in the league or the second best. One or two in the entire standings. We haven't made it past the second round in those five. You're the little sharks. You're the sharks from, from yeah. last decade. You're what, literally what is, San Jose. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Sucks. Anyways. What is Matthew's salary? We got Matthews at a at a deal. We got him, I think it's uh I think it's ten. 
It's like ten point one or something. Yeah, yeah. We he took stole a pay cut. Him. Yeah, we stole him for like eight years at like ten point one or something stupid. Oh, Adam Fox is the highest paid player on our team. We have Adam Fox, by the way. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I won, remember that. Adam Fox won back-to-back Norris trophies oh, for us. Just... Matthews has a heart. Matthews has a rocket. Our goalie is incredible. This is a sick joke. It's it's literally the game is trolling us. Who's your goalie? So we have this kid named uh, Hugo Allenfeld. I call him Allenfeld, but it's not how you pronounce his last name. I can't pronounce it. That's amazing. Um, and Kevin Hawes. We run that. We had John Gibson, but John Gibson wanted too much money, so we let him go. But we run Allenfeld and Hawes as a tandem, and they have like a nine thirty save percentage <laughs> up until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you want to watch me lose again in the first round, uh, stream it again on Wednesday. Also, Vasilevsky has to be like 35. Like, yeah, he's stupid. He, <laughs> he knocked us out. <laughs> the, the Lightning had no one. Anyways, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> I was really upset. Oh, my God. At the God. end of that last stream on Friday. Uh, it wasn't fun. And yeah, everybody gave me shit. Also, I changed the fourth line and people were like, the reason you lost is because you changed the fourth line. No, we're the present trophy winners. Ah. Who had a lead in game? <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's what it's like to be a Leaf fan, even I'm, for Jesse. I'm happy yeah. to end the show here. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let me get the uh, questions. Oh, also, yeah. So if anybody does the Ohio trio this this past weekend, let us know. I'm staring right at your screen. I can't read any of it. You don't want that's to- crazy. What's crazy? No, he can't read anything on your screen. No, yeah, I, how bad are your eyes? It's just uh, like distance reading, but apparently also not distance. I can see both your faces fine. Well, that's good. I've started to wear glasses while I play hockey. Steve. It, it sucks. <laughs> first question. Can you answer the LFR question that you gave out to everybody on Saturday about the ducks? I don't remember it. The, the oh. Leafs TikTok question that you kept hammering away about the uh, life-size ducks fighting or something like that. Uh, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses mm-hmm. or one horse-sized duck? Oh, God. Duck-sized horses. Yeah, 100%. A horse-sized duck would scare the shit out of me with that beak. Yeah, because... <laughs> Like I feel like, like you've seen them eat, right? Horses are big and strong, but they're mammals, so they have like compassion. Yeah, and sort of like birds don't give a fuck. It's birds, competitive. It's because they're very competitive. They're very competitive, and they will kill you with no thought or remorse. Yeah, yeah. So to give that the to give that the size of a horse, you're gonna you're gonna beat how much a horse is weigh? You're gonna beat. Like a six, seven hundred pound duck. You want to see a, uh, no, a duck-sized not. horse, or sorry, a horse, a horse-sized duck? It's called a fucking swan. <laughs> I hate swans. My my daughter's obsessed with swans and geese, and we have a pond near our house. She's and I, wrong. I walk up. You're oh, her I, father. Tell I, her she's I, wrong. She's wrong. Yeah. First off, they shit everywhere. Yes, it's like do. just carpet bombing shit all everywhere. And then secondly, you go up to them in the pond, and they swim up to you, and they're like, "I want bread." And if you don't have bread, they will nip you. I, I got bit uh, by a Canadian goose. I remember with the, outside the Best Buy in Oshawa. No, no, oh. they uh, just tried to. Uh, no, <laughs> when I was a kid, it, it bit me right on the thumb. It hurt like hell. Oh, I bet it did. They have little teeth on the end of their beak too. Yeah, they do, they little do. asshole. All right, piece of shit. <laughs> Are you ready teeth. for your first real question? <laughs> Let's go. I, I needed a little bit of time to pull up the actual game. So we have another Steve's memory challenge. Oh. This is from Trofall. 08-09 season. 
Game number six. Pretty garbage. Mm-hmm. Early. Two parts. Opponent, what odd thing happened in this game? The game ended 3-2 in a shootout. Oh, boy. Do I, I, I So I don't get an opponent? You, I, I want you to give us the opponent. <sighs> okay, 0809. Don't look at my face. I'm tr- fucking chanting. Uh, 0809. 0809. So, Steven Stamkos has just been drafted first overall. Drew Doughty second. This is the year I covered junior. Come on, Steve. This is the year I covered junior. Uh, this is the Tavares Hedman draft. The Leafs do not do well. This is the year before they got Kessel. Because that would help. <laughs> I would tell you they lost because I know the Leafs lost the first six games of that season, but this is the season before. Adam, I'm very interested to see if you remember that this thing happened. Was the opponent the Anaheim Ducks? Does he get? Did he get it? Yes. Shut up. So here's up. here's why you I know fucking here's, crazy here, man. Here, here's why I know what happened in this game. I was there. Oh wow! I, I'm almost <laughs> positive I was there. Tell me what happened. Um, it's like they, twenty questions. It's so fucking unreal. Uh, Vesatoskala two hints. Vesatoskala played the whole game, and they pulled him and put Curtis Joseph in for the shootout, and they lost. George Perro scored on a breakaway. I do remember that. George Perro scored. That's that's well, what happened. So that was hilarious because you get to hear all the micro reactions of the crowd. They go, "Oh shit! It's a breakaway! Oh, it's George Perros. Fuck! He scored." Oh man! Let me read you the uh, the game summary from the Associated Press. This is uh, October twenty second, two thousand eight. Maple Leafs coach Ron Wilson played the percentages and still couldn't get Toronto a shootout win. When Toronto and Anaheim were tied after overtime, Wilson pulled starting goaltender Vesa Toskala for backup Curtis Joseph because Toskala's shootout numbers were garbage. But despite Joseph's lower scoring percentages in shootouts, Corey Perry and Timo Solani. Beat Joseph to give the Ducks a 3-2 win Tuesday night. I was playing the percentages, Wilson said. I'm not going to hesitate to do that until we get Tosk a little more practice. A different way of thinking. In the shootouts? On stopping the other team in shootouts. I had nothing to lose. Well, you had the game to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that happening, Adam? I don't remember that. No. Not Uh, at all. Um, Can you show me the box score? Yeah, that's right. Potentially. I know Peril scored. Oh. I don't remember anything. Uh, box score. Wow. Peril yep, there he is. Yeah. Per- in how much ice time? Uh, 5.27. <laughs> Eight shifts all game. <laughs> Jeez. That's just, that's where we have come from. We should be, we should, we should be thanking our lucky stars that our goalies are playing in an 8.76 right now. Who is in? Was Jonas Hiller in that? Who Boy, that's that? so bad. I know. That's so bad. Uh, Boschman was on the Ducks. They don't wow. Have the Pre-Leafs Boschman. Pre-Leafs Boschman. Good Schman. Actually, pre and post-Leafs. Yeah, he, he was oh, good. He was just bad Jay Jaguar. J.S. Jaguar on the Ducks. Future Leaf or former Leaf at that point? Future. Future Leaf yeah. at that point. 2008. Oh, my God. I hate it. Absolutely hilarious. Hate that's it. so good. I can't believe I got that. Boy. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you 
I probably went to not very many games that season, and I went to that one. Um, last thing. Okay. We are. I just gotta. I just gotta. I just gotta pull up the information. We're gonna be doing a fun thing on Fridays on our social media accounts. So we're gonna call it SDP Fan Friday. So you're gonna. Yeah, SDPN Fan Fridays. SDPN Fan Fridays. You're gonna use the hashtag SDPN Fan Friday on your uh, Instagram stories or on. Uh, you got to tag S- at SDPN Sports, obviously, on your Instagram story, so we can repost. Or on Twitter, use the hashtag SDPN Fan Fridays. Uh, everybody who tweets out themselves either wearing SDPN merch, watching one of our shows on the podcast app or on the YouTube, just tweet out a picture of you doing whatever SDPN. And then you use the hashtag SDBN Fan Fridays. You'll be entered to win a $50 gift card Ooh. from our store. Oh, cool. And we'll be doing that every uh, Friday. Our mods will tweet it out. Our, our uh, social media managers will tweet it out that SDBN Friday, Fan Fridays has kicked off. And then you'll be entered. And then we'll announce the winner every Monday. That kicks off this wow. coming Friday. So if you have some gear, get your photo ready. If you're watching the show on Friday, get your screenshot. If you're, you're watching the show or you doing whatever, just tweet out an SDBN thing you're doing. And use the hashtag and tag us at SDPN Sports, and you'll be entered to win that gift card. And we'll announce the winner every Monday. I like that very much. I like much. that. That's huge. That's so cool. Okay. Love that. All right. So we'll be back Wednesday. Don't forget, there's another CJ show. And do we have an Oxy and Cax tomorrow? They yes, we do. New Noxy and Cax tomorrow as well. Gold Train medal winner on the show. Which one? You have to listen to find out. What? Gold medal winner on the show tomorrow. Yep. Keith Olbermann? <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.